Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. If you would like to see this episode along with other exclusive content, make sure you become a patron by going to our box number 512 podcast Patreon page where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. The link to the page is in the show notes for this show. So make sure you go on over there if you would like to see the episode in addition to listening to it. All right, y'all. Back to the show. Put my glasses on one. Hey y'all, welcome to another installment of Box Number Five Soul Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. I am your co-host, Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. How you doing? Before we get into updates, just want to remind you that we are having our interactive uh, summer book club book session, live Q&A live session this Saturday, June the 5th, June 5th, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, exclusively on our Patreon page. So if you want to be a part of the session, if you want to watch it live, you must be a patron. You can become a patron for as little as $7 uh, a month, and you can um, be a part of this live, and also you'll be a part of the two additional lives that we um, will do the um, throughout the summer, our next book in July and our next book in August. So if you haven't already, please make sure you go to our Patreon page and become a patron so you can be notified when we go live on Saturday night. We will be discussing, um, where is the uh, where is the book at? We will be discussing Revelation Study by Bobby Smith. I am currently on page 136. I'll probably be finished this book um, by tomorrow. It's a very um, fast read. Um, we're going to have a conversation about this book. She drops a lot of gems in this book. And, and if you um, buy it on Apple Books, she's narrating, guys. So you have an opportunity to hear Bevy herself navigating in her accent and all that. You know, she has that New York accent and it's just right. for me. So, yeah. Right, no, but it's a it's a um, really good book, and I can't wait for us to talk about it. I can't wait for you guys to submit your questions or to write your commentaries. What revelation touched you the most? So many revelations that she's dropped in the book um, has touched me, and we're going to discuss it. We're going to have some drinks, so make sure you have your cocktails and your finger foods ready, and we're going to have a good time um, reading and talking about life lessons and gems and all of that good stuff. Thank you. to Shout out to all of our patrons for the month of June. Um, we shouted y'all out on our, our social media today so you can see your name. If you would like to become a patron, again, go on over to our Patreon page and make sure you become a patron for as little as $5 a month and we can shout you on out. Also, um, a lot of people have been wondering how if you don't want to come, become a patron, you can financially contribute to our show. We still have our anchor um, page up. That all of that information is in our show notes for the show. You can go on over to our anchor page and you, you can become a monthly financial sponsor of the show for as little as a dollar a month. So those are two ways that you can um, financially support our platform. Behind the scenes, we're in a process of um, getting our business uh, things together and that shit requires money. So if you y'all want to help us do that, and make those processes go on a little more smoothly, make sure you contribute to us financially either by becoming a patron or by going to Anchor and becoming a monthly sponsor of the show. And is there anything else that I want to announce? No, I, I think those are, the, those are the two main things. So let's get into updates. I will go first. As you can see, if you're watching this on Patreon, the background is a little different. I'm currently in Philadelphia. I will be here for the week. I'm not up here for a particular reason. I just wanted to get out of DC because DC is very dry 
and I just wanted to just uh, work in a new, in a different environment and just to be somewhere new. Uh, I love Philly. I have a very great relationship with the city of Philly. Before I transitioned, I had a boyfriend that was from Philly and little known fact, I was actually thinking of transferring to Temple and moving up here to be with the this man I was talking to, the Butch Queen. That is a whole nother story. I may talk about that in the hotels. I don't know. I don't know if it counts since it was before I transitioned, but I'm very familiar with Philly, the city. I'm having a good time. I'm supposed to be meeting up um, with some friends. I'm only going to be here till Saturday. And then I'm, I'm going back home Saturday so we can do the live show Saturday night. But I'm just I'm just having a good time working, just being out of my element, just traveling, being somewhere new. Shit is open because when I went to the train station, it was packed. It was packed. And even when I was traveling a couple of weeks ago, like now the, the vaccines are out and uh, we're like a year out from the pandemic and everything, people are ready to get, to get back to normal. Airports and train stations are packed. Prices for tickets are going back up. And it's just like this thing. Like, even though shit, like this time last year, shit was totally different. But if you were, if you were fortunate to travel last year, it was kind of one of the best times to travel because the airports and shit were empty as shit. And all of that stuff was the cleanest that has ever been because they were religiously cleaning and disinfecting. And it wasn't that many people there to mess it up. And then when you, when I was, the times that I flew on planes, you had all of this room. And so that is a time that I guess those times have come to an end. And I was watching on the news here in Philly that they're opening like the stadiums up to full capacity. I don't know how I personally feel about that. Like, I feel like I'm going to go outside and do some stuff, but, like, going to, like, a football stadium or, like, a concert in full capacity, I just don't trust that everybody has gotten vaccinated or I just, I, yeah, I just don't trust that everybody is, has done what they're supposed to do for me to be in close quarters with folks like that for an extended period of time. But, hey, if you want to do that, live your life. I'm just not quite ready to go back to like a closed um, concert like that. Um, of course, y'all know the, the the niggas have been wearing my grinder and stuff out since I've been here in Philly. But I don't know. I have I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not finding what I'm looking for. It's been a lot of white men that um, have been hitting me up, which is always interesting. But I'm finding here in Philly like it's a it's like a diversity amongst the white men. So. Of course, you got your regular, like, pasty, nerdy types, which is it's a child. It's, it's a not in the merry kind. But um, usually, if I was to mess around with a white guy, they have to either fall into one or two buckets. I like the white, I like white men with, like, long hair, like the type of long hair that you can put into, like, one of the man buns with a beard. Mm-hmm. I like that setup. I've had those type of white men hit me up. And I like the Benji cunt white man with like the C's, like the white man that you could tell grew up around a lot of niggas, like with the Caesars and the connecting beard and the sleeve tattoos. All of the so Yeah. Yeah, so the white men here in Philly, they're very diverse. Um, I'm looking, but I'm... No, like nobody is speaking the language to me. Like for me to want to hook, like... I want like, I want... I don't want you to be my man or be my boyfriend, but I like I want somebody to just like like I want that I want to hook up, but I want it to be passionate. I want you to be confident. Like I just want you to like I want you to sell it to me. And I just feel like a lot of these men, it's just like I'm gonna just show you my dick pic, and you just supposed to like um do you just supposed to go up because I'm oh, showing uh, yeah my, my, and I'm I'm a I'm a little older it, it's going it's gonna have to take a little bit more to get my furnace high no shade and um I'm not budging and I'm not moving until I feel the ooh, sensation and you just like you just can't approach me and it has to be swag it has to be like the right level of swag game confidence you have to know how to speak the language to a trans woman you have to know how to talk in my ear and get those juices running and i'm shocked because it's a lot of attractive people here 
So I just, you know, I just thought that, you know, I would be having conversations with somebody. But I'm at the point, I'm willing to be patient. I'm here till Saturday. So, you know, maybe um, something might change. But also I'm working. So I don't really have time to fool la la and really entertain with the pieces that I, in a way that I normally could. Because, you know, my main day is dedicated to working and being, and I have like hella meetings this week. And then we had to record today. So my first priority is my business and my job and then my friends that I came to see. And then on the bottom part of the list is the men. But if you have game, I might, you know, bump you up. I might schedule you a little sooner. But, you know, I'm optimistic that something will pan out. But that is all for me. So what's going, going on with you? Girl, you know, when you, add, when you tell God you want to do something, and lessons you with it. Sometimes you you didn't realize that you were signing up for as much as you were. So the study of my, the story of my life right now is that I am impeccably, incredibly busy at this moment. Like I don't have the free time that I thought that I once had. And so I've been very busy, you know, um, hustling, being a boss requires energy and time and you know, um, when you ask for a blessing, you just better be ready to receive it. So I've just been doing that. Um, um, I've also been um, going through a lot of interesting things with my sorority. So we are planning um, an informational coming up on this coming Saturday, which is the fifth, the Saturday. And um, we've been planning this for a while. And so if you are interested in becoming a choral lady of Kappa Iota Sigma Sorority Incorporated, you are more than welcome to attend. Um, make sure you fill out an interest application, go on the website, fill out an interest application and somebody will get you that Zoom link. So to that point, um, just getting ready and just being you know, involved in things in my life now, it's just been a lot going on. Um, so I guess I can share, this is a recent development and it's not a bad thing. My sister-in-law is staying with us for a little while now. Um, she sold her home for a profit. She took advantage of this seller's market that we're in and um, her home was paid off. So she made out like a fat cat with some money. And so she's staying with us for a while until she figures out whether she wants to buy another home or what she wants to do. So having another woman in the house is always an interesting experience, but I will say that my sister-in-law, I couldn't have picked anybody else that I would want to. And what's interesting is I think we have a mutual respect for one another that allows us to be able to stay out of each other's way and just, you know, I don't feel like I have to be performatively nice or, you know, I don't feel like I have to go out of my way to entertain. She's pretty very, she's independent. She's also uh, um, much older than I am in the sense that she's, I'm in her fifties now. And I think that gives her this groundedness and this regalness that allows her to just kind of be, and she's not really fluffy or needy. So I like that. I like non-needy house guests. And I like people that can pay their own way. And I like people that are mature and can just be, and just, and this don't have to be a bunch of drama. So Shout out to my sister-in-law. I'm having fun with her here, actually. We went and had a wonderful shopping experience um, yesterday. And, you know, nothing bonds a girls like shopping for dresses together. And so we had that experience. And um, she has a little dog and her dog and my dog are getting to know each other. And it's just, it's, it, it, it feels okay. It feels good that, we are in a situation where we are able to be support to family. And it feels good that my family and his family loves us enough that they can trust us with their care. So that's a blessing. Um, add to that just um, excitement about this podcast and all of the exciting, exciting things that we have coming up. Um, you know, Brianna and I do, we run a tight ship here. My husband sometimes is like, damn, baby, you recording again? I'm like, yes, because our patrons, they need it, they deserve it. And it's easy to get up and take, and, and what I consider take care of people that are taking care of you. So, 
you know, we Brianna and I suffer for the cause, honey. And we've been recording a lot. So that's also something too. Yeah, girl. So anyway, girl, I am done with my update. So let's get into this topic, honey. So today we're gonna keep it light. This topic was triggered. Well, this topic has been going on in the background for a while, and I I wanted to talk about it on the the podcast for a while, but we just had so many other episodes that we had to get through. But I believe today it was announced that Black Lives Matter founder Patrice Colors is stepping down from her. Well, she's resigning from her position at. Black Lives Matter. And basically in the past couple of weeks, there's been a lot of scandal around Patrice Colors and her, I guess her wealth and how she spends her money. And I kind of wanted to have a conversation about how do you balance being a, a social justice warrior or social justice activist how do you balance having that identity with also being in a position where you are, for all intents and purposes, are a celebrity and you have access to wealth and access to money, and you're in a position where people are looking at you? And I guess before, because I wanted to read directly from the, the news source um, that kind of broke so basically with Patrice Colors, there was a news, it was a news story that came out a couple of weeks ago. Basically, it was like an expose talking about how she has spent her money in the form of her purchasing these lavish multi multiple multi-million dollar homes and multiple multi-million dollar. So you yeah. say more than one multi-million dollar home. Yeah, in neighborhoods and there was also kind of talks of mismanagement within the Black Lives Matter brand because now, so from how I've heard the founders describe Black Lives Movement, one, Black Lives Matter is both a social justice movement, but it's also a business as well. And over the recent, year, recent years, we've heard stories of um, mismanagement of funds or people trying to profit off of pain or people trying to exploit these families that are impacted by police violence and unfortunately the dead end up becoming martyrs so we've heard a lot of conversations about that and but in recent years Patrice Colors has kind of become a polarizing figure in the social, the Black social justice, social activism community. You have a lot of people that are ride or dies that are going to support her to the wheels fall off. But then you have another group of people that want some form of accountability or have critiques about how she leads, how she manages and and you have both of these things coexisting at the same time. And also you see this type of levels of uncertainty and hesitancy with other like popular figures in the space, like DeRay McCusson and with uh, Sean, what's his name? Sean White or Sean, the, the, the black man that looks like he white, um, Sean King, Sean King, that's his name. So you, you see, we now, we're now in a, a space where people in the social justice or social activism movement have become celebrities in this movement and have um, garnered access to a mass wealth. And it, it kind of makes people question how connected are people, are these figures to the movements that they were, that they have profited from and what are they, what are, there's one thing to ask for to the police to be defunded in a reallocation of funds, like on a like on a a city planning systematic level. But what are you do? How are you applying that own politic of redistribution of wealth and resources within your personal life? So, I'm pretty sure we're going to unpack all of this 
let's start here. I'm going to start with the story from the NY Post that reported um, information about Patrice Con Colors this season. So inside BLM co-founder Patrice Concolor's million-dollar real estate buying bench, um, as protests broke out across the country in the name of Black Lives Matter, the group's co-founder went on a real estate buying bench, snagging high-end homes for $3.2 million in the U.S. alone, according to property records. Patrice Concolor's 37 also eyed property in the Bahamas at an ultra-exclusive resort where Justin Timberlake and Tiger Woods both have homes. The Post has learned, the Post has learned, luxury apartments and townhouses at the Beachfront Albany Resort outside Nassau are priced between $5 million and $20 million, according to a local agent. The self-described Marxist last month purchased a $1.4 million home on a secluded road, a short drive from Malibu in Los Angeles, according to a report. The, the 2,370 square foot property features soaring ceilings, skylights, and plenty of windows with canyon views. The Topanga Canyon homestead, which includes two houses on a quarter acre, is just one of three homes Con Colors owns in the Los Angeles area public records show. Some fellow activists were taken aback by the real estate revelations. Hey, fucking minute, bitch. Go ahead. Hank Newsom, oh, the head of Black Hold the fuck up. Go ahead, girl. Hank Newsom, the head of Black Lives <laughs> Matter, Greater New York, which is not affiliated with Con Colors, Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation called for an independent investigation to find out how the global network spends its money. If you call, if you go around calling yourself a socialist, you have to ask how much of her own personal money is going to charitable causes, he said. It's really sad because it makes people doubt the validity of the movement and overlook the fact that it's people that carry this movement. Ooh. Last year, Con Colors and spouse Janiyah Khan venture to Georgia to acquire a fourth home, a custom ranch on 3.2 rural acres in Conyers featuring a private airplane hangar with a studio <laughs> apartment above it and the use of a 2,500-foot paved grass community runway that can accommodate small The three-bedroom, two-bed house about 30 minutes from Atlanta has an indoor swimming pool and a separate RV shop that can accommodate the repair of a mobile home or a small aircraft, according to the real estate listing. The Peach State Retreat was purchased in January 2020 for $415,000, two years after the publication of Con Colors' best-selling memoir, When They Call You a Terrorist. In October, the activists signed a multi-million dollar deal with Warner Brothers Television Group to help produce content for Black voices who have been historically marginalized, she said in a statement. It is not known how much Con Colors received in compensation in either deal. Con Colors began her buying spree in LA in 2016. A few years after the civil rights movement, she started from a hashtag Black Lives Matter with fellow activists Alicia Garza and Opal Tometi began to gain traction around the world. That year, she bought a three-bedroom, 1.5-bathroom home in Inglewood for $510,000. is now nearly worth $800,000. Con Colors added her wife, the co-founder of Black Lives Matter in Canada, to the deed in the family trust later that year. The couple married in 2016. And... It's a lot more. I'm not going to go what on. What the fuck, girl? So, so I, I guess, um, and let me say this. This isn't a conversation with a particular answer, but I think with both of us coming from like nonprofit social justice backgrounds, it, like we too have been in, been in situations where we've had to balance um doing work for the community, acting in best interest for the community, but also on a personal note, making sure that like we are, we're having quality lives and bitch, I'm not going to lie. I like nice things, I like, but at what point, what point, but at what point with the access and the visibility like, do, like, do you still uphold capitalism? Like, 
so so are you are you it begs the point are you bringing attention to these issues or these disparities because you really want to change them or do you want to kind of position yourself in a way so that only you can survive them while everybody else is suffering I, I mean, I don't know. Sis, come in, girl. I feel like you have I am, to For those of you not, not able to see right now, I am rocking in a circle with a face of skepticism. I want you to know, sis, that unless that girl hit the lottery, the fans is coming. Because what I do know is that what in the hell kind of salary could you possibly be making? Let's say she is the best executive director slash founder in the history of organizations, okay? When you're collecting money for black lives, money that people think that they're sending earmarked for black organizations and empowering black led organizations that are gonna create change, how dare you? And I'm not saying she did. I do not know the personal details of this woman's life other than what I've heard just now. And I want to start by saying I don't know her. And this is not my attempt at slandering her. But if she did, how dare you take th the, that amount of money, bitch? Now, there's a line. Okay. Now, I do believe that we are talking, there is no absolute truth. And I think you did a good job of explaining that in the intro. There is no absolute truth here of you, of you have to make a certain amount of money, right? But what we do know is that those of us that are doing this work and if we're doing the way, particularly when you're in the position where you're standing in the gap or advocating for or collecting funding on behalf of other people, there is a duty to be gracious in the way you handle these resources. Because yes, you could choose to pay yourself $10 million if you got $100 million in for that year. But do you really believe that that is a reasonable salary when you are in a position where you're advocating for money for children and families and black lives and there needs to be a line. I am okay and I am all right with somebody making a million dollars a year if they're in an organization that they're managing a budget of a certain amount. But there is a fine line between you acquiring money and particularly when you're in that acquisition position. There's a fine line between you acquiring money with the intent on keeping it versus using it to, to build further wealth for community. There is a line. I don't believe that you should be building generational wealth off of Black Lives Matter. I don't. I don't. Why, why, why don't no. you think that's this? I don't. You, the individual, said that you started this to talk about a cause and your mission and your vision is in empowering Black lives and you're taking this money, this donation money. This is not your private business or at least that's not the way the world is viewing it. So then if we're giving you money and you're standing and you're being the people that are beating on the breast and you're collecting resources for community, you have to be respectful in the way you use that money in my opinion. And because there is also the additional critique from community that there are organizations that have felt like they have had money siphoned away from them or they didn't get monies that they thought they would get, it makes it even more confusing when you're buying not one, not two, not three, but multiple houses in different countries on different continents, bitch. You are carrying, in my opinion. What? But what if? But um, what if it's a situation where it's not money from funding, but like, like I said, she got she got a Netflix deal to give voices to Black creators. Like, what if it's a situation where? She, she didn't get that back in 2016 when she bought that first $1.4 million home. She didn't get it when she been 2017 when she bought the home. And not like, it's too many. What I'm saying is this, this is reeking. And if this was any other girl, if this was, a, if this was any other person, we will be very, very clear that this reeks, this looks, appears to be, especially with already the improprieties on it. It does appear to be that this is someone that is living a lifestyle that is far too lavish. It's just like the church. Pastors use that same excuse, Brianna, that I, why can't I, if my church is bringing in, because nonprofits are the same, you do realize that legally or tax wise, it's the same thing. 
There is no different than a church leader bring, being able to bring $40 million in tithes a year and deciding he's going to pay himself 20 of that 40. There's no difference. In my opinion, there needs to be a line. Like you are responsible when you say that you're being as in the spirit of altruism to make sure that you are not exploiting what seems to be a ministry. See, we're sowing into what we think is a ministry, but we're buying you generational wealth that is being siphoned away from the causes because there are people that did this with you. So let's start this. Just because you started a hashtag and started a, a nonprofit does not mean you did not have volunteers. I'm sure that there are volunteers that are gagged that have never been paid a dollar, never offered a stipend, <laughs> that are gagged, that this woman is buying millions upon millions of dollars of homes while she's gotten the free labor from black people that think they're fighting for a cause, but could use money. Because part of the reason why some of those people are out there is because they don't have money, they've been fired. Black Lives Matter has also really gotten involved in the wage conversation around black folks. So there's a lot of people that don't have money that are working for McDonald's and they're working for minimum wage and they're protesting in the Black Lives Matter marches. And meanwhile, this lady got all the houses everywhere. Like, no, sis. And not, and not in black, not in black neighborhoods. Not at all, on purpose. She's not even investing in the people she's talking about. It's not like sis is going to black neighborhoods, buying the block and rehabbing. No, 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 no. Sis wants the views of the canyon. Like sis, it's all reeking of foolishness to me. That's why I was keying so hard. Cause sis, I'm not living for none of this. This is, the spirit of that does not feel, it feels disingenuous. When you are, it's like a pastor. That's that's giving Creflo dollar energy, and I don't live. Go ahead, girl. Um. So so what so what if it's a situation again where she is she's not taking the donation money, but she's using the money that she's generating from her book sales, talking about her activism, or from her position that she's gotten because of activism. Let's say. Let's say she didn't take the money, but she got, let's say in a perfect You and I do this work. They're not paying no black trans woman $30, $40 million a year for you to be buying all these fucking houses. This There's a stunt somewhere. And I don't she, know. She is. says this thing. She says. Girl, that didn't change a thing. That didn't change a thing. So, She's black. And I'm not saying that black women can't do it. What I'm saying is, if this woman had a hair care line that we, we, we knew about, that would allow her to be a millionaire, we would get it. But girl, it can't be, the curriculum vitae can't end with Black Lives Matter and your net worth be $40 million, <laughs> bitch. Like it can't, that's shady, booze. <laughs> like there's no way around. That is the mega church pastor that has a plane. Like, girl, what are we doing? <laughs> like, girl, you don't, you have members that don't even have money to get on the bus. I used to walk to the fucking church sometimes because I didn't have the money to Creflo Dollar Church. And then one day that man had on all the diamonds in the world. And he said, this Sunday, I felt like I had to put on the full armor of God. Do you know how bad that hurt my feelings, bitch? I was like, girl, I just want to get to here. I just, oh, girl, I walked in the hot sun and walked in the church drenched. Do you understand me? And that man had on all the diamonds in the world and said, I got to put on a full armor of God this Sunday. Meanwhile, previously, I had given my first fruit offering, which is what he asked when he said, when you get your check, you give a first fruit offering unto the Lord and he will bless the rest. So, bitch, not only did I tithe that previous Sunday, but I had gave a first fruit offering. And, bitch, I was hurting for a little money, girl. And if he show up with diamonds, I kill you, bitch. <laughs> like, I know you're here playing with me. So, girl, I have a personal way about this. This is giving mega church pastor tea. It is. It is. So, so I guess it, it, so I think what made this, this particular story worse is I believe she did a sit down interview with Mark Lamont Hill and I didn't get to watch the interview, but from other like reviews about the interview and reviews about the situation. And to me, Mark Lamont Hill, I'm not going to bash him. He's good at what he is good at. But he's not really good for like holding people accountable for like highly controversial stuff. That's not his thing, especially if he feels like if he's friends with somebody. And I believe they're like friends or their associates. And the reviews that I heard was like she really danced around a lot of the questions. And she really didn't. He left it open for her to dance. Right. She really did. Like, so she really wasn't like it was the answers. Well, I'm doing this for my family and, you know, all of that. But like, sis, like, 
you describe yourself as this Marxist and communist. Can you and- please, can we pull up really fast the definition of Marxism? I gotta, I gotta, cause I, I hope I, I'm imagining something that I don't want to label her with. <laughs> I'm imagining something that I don't want to label her with. And so I just want to well, let's go find what it is when she said, cause you read that in the article as well, that she self-identifies as a Marxist. And I, I kind of get an idea of what that is. I mean, I, you know, I kind of, you know, but I just, for our listeners that may not know, I want to really unpack that cause that's very telling. <laughs> it's very telling. That, that, me, that the lifestyle she's leading versus what she's saying. This is very telling. Um, Marxism is a method of socioeconomic analysis that uses... Um, Child, this shit looks confusing as far. Let me, let me, what, what is Marxism? Because usually Wikipedia um, has the, has the, um, what is Marxism in simple terms? Marxism is a name, is the name for a set of political and economic ideas. The basic ideas are that the world is split into two classes of people. These are the workers and the richer capitalists who exploit the workers. There is a class conflicts. Um, what does a Marxist believe? Um, it examines the effect of Marxism examines the effect of capitalism on labor, productivity, and economic development, and argues for a worker revolution to overturn capitalism in favor of communism. Sis, having multiple million dollar homes doesn't sound like this. <laughs> oh, what I said earlier when I said I don't want to paint her as anything, but, a, but what I heard, what I heard was hypocrite tease. Everything about her moves is capitalistic. Everything about you taking millions and sequestering it off away from your people is a very on the long driveway, bitch. <laughs> like very much, it is not at all what she's espousing and. You know, as an economics major, I kind of felt like that's what that's what that meant. And I felt a way that this bitch is sitting here claiming that. Meanwhile, she's buying homes in the most exclusive areas, of, uh, taking like not at all distributing wealth, not at all redistributing it, not at all trying to share none of that. None of that exists for her in her real life, which leads me to my final preliminary um, opinion on the matter. There is sorcery afoot. There is sorcery afoot because this now I've seen the hip hop. See, now when you add in, okay, people saying money already funny. Now you got the million dollar homes. Okay, girl, we gave you the grace. We said, okay, maybe bitch balling out because of her, because of her um principles or whatever. You know, she's doing good at her job. So maybe that they're giving her these booking fees. But no, girl, wait, you're a Marxist, supposedly. And so the lifestyle isn't adding up. So when I get more than one example of inconsistencies or incongruencies, it only leads me to believe that, that there's a credibility issue. And I'm not accusing her directly of anything, but there is definitely a credibility issue here. There needs to be more explanations, sis. You, do, you are required to explain when your job is Black Lives Matter. I, we do this work. Where are they giving out this kind of honorarium? Girl, even if you ask, girl, she doing more to Charlemagne in them. Like, girl, this, <laughs> sis, sis, you're balling, balling, balling. Like, in a way that doesn't seem realistic. And I'm confused. And I feel like because you live in this lavish lifestyle while espousing other views, you, you need to explain now. Now we need an explanation, sis. Because it's like the mega church pastor when you find out he got... He got little boys in a brothel in somewhere in Dubai. It's like, okay. Bitch, not brothel, bitch. Little <laughs> so, boys in a brothel in Dubai, bitch. When you find out he's taking advantage of all of the youth, bitch, then you be like, okay, girl. You, it, 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 It's not that what she's doing in and of itself. And I want to be clear here. I'm not wealth shaming. But I am saying that just like that mega church pastor who is not legally doing anything wrong by pulling up with a new Bentley every year. He's not legally doing anything wrong. 
but his actions are going against what he's claiming and telling us to do, which is sacrifice and serve and give and give more. And can we get a look? I need 10 people to stand up right now. You know, like if they were doing that more often, their membership would not be in such a dire a strait. But when you see mega church pastors living, living almost like billionaires, it begs the question, at what point are you doing too fucking much in the name of God? Same thing, this lady. At what point are you doing too much in the name of black lives? Like, sis, it's too much. It's too many. It's too much. <laughs> so I guess transitioning to like the final part of this conversation, like what is like what is the what is the balance between having like a social justice politic? but wanting to to live well because we both have been in situations where it's easy for people to paint you with the she's still a money brush like it's easy or if you are a girl that carries yourself a certain way or you are a girl that wants certain things it's easy it could be easy for you to get caught up in the um Not going to say it could be easy for you to get caught up in in whatever um, Patrice Colors is may or may not or is allegedly doing, but the truth is we live in a capitalistic world. No matter, and we live in a capitalistic world, and it's natural for us to like want the trappings of su success, but just because. Just because you're a social justice warrior, does that mean you should like be living pillar to post? Does that mean you not um, should not have housing stability? Does that mean you should not be paying yourself a fair? Like, like how how do we balance it, especially for trans women? Because there's so many Black trans women that are in the social justice activism space, and when you're in that space, you do have a lot of eyes on you. And if you make the wrong move or if you are bragging or whatever, I do see how you could easily end up in a situation. And you might not be to the level of uh, like Patrice Colors, because I don't think no trans woman um, is getting, that's really an activist is, um, or in that space is getting that much money. But, um, you know, I, I, I do see the conflict. So I just like, where is the and I like even though I'm not really heavy in the social justice justice activism space, and I'm nowhere near wealthy. Though I am setting my life up in a way where I'm going to be comfortable, I do, I am mindful to not. Um, I am mindful of how I present myself and how I keep my business private. Um, so like just and I know it's. I know it's nothing wrong with me wanting nice things, but when it comes to the point of excess or where it comes to the point of hoarding wealth or when it comes to the point of just blindly supporting systems that disenfranchise so many, um, that's when I have to have internal conversations with myself. But like, wh like how, where, is, where is the balance? Um, so it's coming to the conversation. So, you know, there was, so I'm going to read something really fast. So there's an article by Richard V. Smith of Simpson Consulting, and it's on um, srm.org. And there's, it's, um, it's called, it's an article on excess benefits, a potential downfall for nonprofit insiders. And essentially what the what it does is this, this breaks down a little bit of, and I just want to read just a moment. Certain types of educational, religious, and this is, starts the article from the top, first line, certain types of educational, religious, and other tax-exempt nonprofit organizations need to be careful that their leaders do not receive excess benefits. This can occur when a person who is, ident who is identified as an insider receives unwarranted compensation or low interest loans or pays the organization below market rent. Insiders who receive such benefits um, and knowingly approve excess benefits could be set subject to federal exemption and taxes and things of that nature. But it goes on to say that um, 
The law defines an insider as any person who has exercised a substantial influence over the affairs of the organization, its direction, its finances during the past four or five years. What we're seeing, and so what, and, and what I was, and, you, and for those of you who want to read and read that article at home, it's, it's very interesting because it refers to the tax ramifications of a nonprofit leader being in that way. And it talks about the laws around what an insider is and those of that nature. But what I gather, and this is what I'm afraid is happening. This is not saying that this is what's happening. When you are in a position where you're the ED or you're an executive or you have some type of um, ability to influence, see in public forum, there's a such thing as insider trading, right? Like there are certain ways you have to move at the top level of organization, particularly around how you present things to investors, particularly around how you disclose what interest you have in things that are a standard operating procedure in business. And that protects and, it, and those disclosures and um, allow the SEC and the banks and all these other people to be able to see because these companies are publicly traded, they're required to give financial disclosures that make it kind of transparent on how they're doing things, right? The nonprofit world, however, sits in this really unique place where like a lot of these churches and religious institutions and some of these, particularly these CBOs that are maybe getting funding, not necessarily from the government because the government tends to watch their coins. But when you're getting coins from private donations and things of that nature, there are, you can grow a multi-million dollar business, the same, with the, getting in the same kind of revenue as a publicly traded company, but not necessarily having to give public disclosures in the same way. Now to the IRS, yes, but to the public, no. So just like when you have investors in a public, in a public organization, I feel that organizations that really are concerned about the concerns of people, when you have a bunch of people saying, we want more transparency, they will be willing to pass that or at least explain. So I'm not saying that this lady is doing anything. I want to be very clear, but I do think as an insider, she's positioned herself strategically in a way where she directly can influence the the, the organization's strategy, the way contracts are negotiated, the way funding is, is budgeted and, and what we call overhead. And I re, and there might be experiences where you could be in the position where you're if you're the final person to approve something and you're reimbursing yourself, there's easy, it's, it, it's easy for you to get heavy handed in the way you lead in that way. And so in the nonprofit world, sometimes there aren't the, the most checks and balances. What's really sad is Brianna and I both have been accused at different times or another in different ways of being disingenuous to community and not being fiduciarily responsible. And a lot of times it's thrown out as a read. But what fucks it up for us is that there are nonprofits that we all know that are run by people who have abused their authority and that insider position that would be called insider trading if you were in a non in a real business business that would be taxable in a way. But because these nonprofits a lot of times operate with these weird nebulous egalitarian quote unquote structures, which are fine, but because they operate that way, it's harder to track the money and it's harder sometimes to, to, to really identify how things are being spent. This lady, in my opinion, if she's smart, she's going to take the opportunity to make the chance to, 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 they take this as an opportunity to be clear. Because if you are making this money off of your book and sis, listen, I, far be it for me to count your coins. But it looks shysty when you say you're a Marxist and you live in a life that's completely different from it. So that's an incongruence already. And all a shifty eye is a shifty spirit. All I got to do is see that you shifty. And I already know to watch your ass. So the fact that you told me one thing and you're living another already makes me nervous. But then the additional concerns of community around the money and then the kind of dismissive tone to I'm just I'm just making it money off the books. Like, no, sis, come on, come off it. Because we know that that exists. Now, the reason why Creflo Dollar and Benny Hinn and 
um, what's the other guy, Paula and all these people are not in jail is because it's not illegal to pay yourself grandly off of the backs of ministry as long as you're dotting your eyes across your T's and how you're doing it. It's not, but is it ethical? It doesn't match up to the morals that the person is espousing. That's what we should be evaluating here. Not necessarily whether or not her money was legal or not. If it wasn't legal, her ass to be in jail, period. It's going to happen if it hasn't already. She's going to be in jail. <laughs> if the bitch stole, the fed, IRS do not play about that coin, bitch. She's going down. However, if it is in case that she has gotten this money and it was done legally, but it still reeks of a hypocrisy when she talks about how she wants to live and that she's using black lives. And more so than any other time in our life, black lives are now being heard in a way that we haven't before. And yes, shout out to her for starting a movement, but like at a certain point, make sure the black lives are still being heard and not your, you know, the sound of your pockets getting fatter. Cause Ultimately, girl, who are you flexing on? What are you trying to accomplish with this many houses? You are not raising families in multi-million dollar homes in multiple places. What you're doing is building generational wealth, which is fine, sis. And listen, if you can explain, that's fine. But black lives, we barely get attention as it is. And yeah, you're going to have to explain to us, bitch. This is too coinsy for us, to, for too many niggas are still volunteering for you to be making that kind of money. So I, yeah, we, you got to explain. You do. Yeah, and I think it speaks to a larger critique of now that it's the trendy thing to say Black Lives Matter, and that's not this taboo thing anymore. We're kind of seeing the commercialization, just like with Pride, now we're seeing the commercialization, and you even have activists like Tamika Mallory and commercials for Cadillac, and it's just like, and I think D-Ray has been in commercials. Or you can even go onto the website and see how much they command just for an appearance. And it, it gets to the point like, oh, this is what we're doing? Like, we, like we're being, we're, we buck the system. We critique the system to ultimately be absorbed by that same system and perpetuate the same. Feel pushed out of the opportunities to be exposed and seen. Because now we're going to get the famous celebrity to be, to be gay for a moment, <laughs> you know, right. or to represent the community because we want to stand with you and ally. But is it really ally? And also, and also buy a Cadillac too. While we're here, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you gays like driving, don't right. you like cruising? We can cruise in the Cadillac. You, you blacks <laughs> like driving, right? You black, you radical blacks. You know, you you need to get from um, demonstration to demonstrate, but. You no, know, Cadillac is a different type of cruising girl. <laughs> the girl's like a different type of cruising. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a fine line, but I think it harks back to the, the ethics and the optics for me. Like for me, like it, I never forget, and um, I'll say the story before I um, left out. When I was a health educator at a nonprofit I worked for in Baltimore, I remember I was in charge of organizing the meet. Like we would have community meetings and I remember we would order food. And I, I think one weekend I had, we, I had either gotten chicken or I had either gotten like Chinese food or something for the girls in the group. But for some reason, I just wanted um, a buffalo chicken sandwich from um, America's Best Wings. I just had to have it. And I remember while the food was out, while the, while the food was out and everybody was eating the food, I had pulled my separate buffalo chicken sandwich and fries and my jumbo half and head, and I started eating it. And one of the old school girls, Miss um, Lauren, who worked with me, she came up to me and she was like, why are you eating that? And I was like, oh, this is my food. I didn't get to eat lunch. She was like, why would you eat something totally different, but then have this Chinese food or the wings? I can't remember what it was. Have this different food for the girls that are coming to the group, but then you're eating something totally different. She was like, you need to put that food away and you don't need to, like, if this is the food that everybody's here, everybody needs to be eating the same thing. You don't need to be over off on the side eating. She was like, it don't look right. It don't look right. And in that moment, an elder and community, even though she had her issues, oh. she did. In that moment, she was right. If I'm there and we're all girls in community, whether I work for the program or not, it just doesn't look good for me to be 
to not to not be having the same things that the other girls in my community had. It just like it's all about messaging and how shit looks. And you had the multi-million dollar houses in mostly white wealthy communities while people on the ground are facing gentrification and raised rents and taxes and are literally being pushed out their homes for white folks. It is or starring in commercials and companies where black people can't even work in the plant, let alone um, survive, make it to a C suite, or survive in the corporate side. Like, what are we doing? What are I'll we give doing? her the benefit of the doubt, sis. If your goal is for these homes to be a part of a compound that you're building for black liberation, bitch, then let me be. Let me be the first one. But black people got to get through the security gate first. Because I'm pretty sure this you're just angry, girl. I just thought about it. Yeah, bitch, you're not about the work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me stop. I don't know you. I pray that you, uh, it doesn't look like what it Well, looks. she did step down from her, uh, well, she did resign from Black Lives Matter. So oh, okay. I don't know if she had a change of heart or the optics finally got to her and it was just the best, it was just the best girl, option. Miss Mama said, oops, let me get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be at her. I guarantee you that bitch is in her house in the Bahamas now. Like, girl, fuck America. Right. Hey, <laughs> girl, fuck America. I got what I got. Y'all just gonna have to. Not yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all can at least go <laughs> these families of these murders. The IRS families. is looking, bitch. I want her to know that she she know. I, I hope she know this audit is going to be because <laughs> you can't go viral for coins bitch and not expect people to not expect the government to get involved so girl good luck on this i hope that we don't hear about you having to slide away to jail for a little bit girl they got wesley they got a lot of the legends like you can get got the irs do not give a fuck and if you steal it bitch they gonna get you they gonna get you <laughs> but let let us know what do y'all what do y'all think? How do you balance it? How do you balance being a social justice warrior but also right. maintaining? Well, she wasn't trying. Mind you, bitch, this bitch with three million dollars, she could have built a hospital, bitch. She could have built a girl. Where's the hospital? Where's the homeless shelter? <laughs> like this gag, everybody. It just bought like exclusive home, not Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Girl, gag. That's why I was keen. I'm sorry, girl. And you know the you know your haters is gonna report on that shit. You knew that. <laughs> she you, knew. You, you was buying you was buying homes when Trump got elected. Like your family is not that big, sis. Sis, and can we be honest? Sis, that's too many. <laughs> she got us. You supposed to spread that shit out, girl. You don't get three or four houses a year, bitch. Multi-million dollar home. Girl, she could have bought, no shade, she could have bought up like whole communities and they- You listed like about she, $30 million real estate. Girl, she could have she she paid, paid off people's rent. She could have paid off people's like tax bills and mortgages. That's the real estate portfolio. So what that entails to me is either this is up to, it, either it's- ooh. Now, I'm not accusing. I don't know. But it also gives me this could be more than scam pussy. <laughs> like, girl, like, it's giving me, because I'm trying to figure out, and I'm only basing that based on pure conjecture and my, my knowledge of niggatry in the streets. I'm, it's giving also, like, girl, oh, Miss Mama, Miss Mama, Miss Mama. I'm going to need to really be sure that you, we got to look at these mortgages, girl, because I'm trying to figure out how to, girl, you know how hard it is to get a million dollar home, much less three and four a year with a nonprofit as your, as your, um, as your, um, what you call it on the loan? Bitch, they get, they don't, they, girl, they, no. She got a deal from Warner Brothers TV, bitch. Girl, Warner Brothers did not, girl, if she did get paid, I, I want to know how much Warner, there's, yeah. Since you have some explaining to do, I'm not gonna belabor the point. This is it's too many, too much. You lost me on the canyon, bitch. That's not Marxism. I'm done. <laughs> so for our listeners, if you have comments for this episode, you have suggestions, how do you balance it? How do you balance being a social justice warrior, but then also trying to survive and thrive in a capitalist economy? How do you develop your multi-million dollar real estate portfolio? Also, let's talk about that. So y'all, let me know how you can build your your multi million dollar real estate portfolio 
on Black Lives Matter while being a Marxist. Let me know how you guys feel about that as well. <laughs> Make sure you send those comments and letters to box number five so podcast at gmail.com or write a comment under this video or send us something on social media. We would love to hear from you. Sis, take us on out of here. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you one and all for all of your love and support. We have recently put out some new um, promotion materials to celebrate our patrons for the month of 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 of, of May and June or June. I'm sorry, our patrons for the month of June, and we are just so excited for each and every one of you. Thank you for all of your engagement, your likes, your hearts, your your comments on our all of our social media platforms. Thank you to our YouTube audience, and thank you to most of all to all of you that have been there from the very beginning supporting Black trans women. And we encourage you to continue to do so on Anchor, Patreon, however you'd like it. This has been another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. I am one of your co-hosts, The Lioness. And I am Aeon. See y'all next week. Or see y'all Saturday, then see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Women Talk. And don't forget to become a patron on the Box Number 512 Patreon page, where we have all new exclusive content. And also, don't forget to follow us on our social media, on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. And also, become a subscriber on our YouTube page. Until next time, bye. bye.